Welcome to Breaking Through. I'm Madeline Bell, President and CEO of Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. April is World Autism Awareness Month, and here at CHOP, we're busy preparing for the Eagles Autism Challenge. The Eagles Autism Challenge is a bike ride, run and walk, that will be held in Philadelphia on May 18th. I participated last year and it was great fun. The Eagles Autism Challenge helps spread awareness about autism and it also raises funds for autism research. Scientists at CHOP are doing incredible research that has the potential to help many children with autism, not just here in the United States, but around the world. Today, I wanted to share a recent conversation I had with one of those scientists, Dr. Julia Parrish-Morris, who's a researcher in the Center for Autism Research at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. She also talked about why this work was so important to her. The biggest breakthrough for me was really a realization that a failure of our field to understand how autism expresses itself in girls was not just you know, a scientific hole in the literature, but really it was an issue of justice. And that meant a lot to me when I realized that. I said, wait a minute, we don't understand how autism even works in girls. Um, and that's really not fair. And uh, so I'm interested in the question of how autism expresses differently in different populations as a scientist, but then also just as a person and as a parent and as a sister, I really care a lot about fairness in science. And um, And it's important that we understand girls so we can help them get the best kind of intervention possible that is appropriate for them and that they're going to benefit the most from. Can you tell the listeners about the incidence of autism between girls and boys? Sure, sure. So our best estimates so far are that, for the most part, girls are diagnosed with autism, one girl for every four boys. And this varies, though, across um, the range of intellectual abilities. So when... There's intellectual impairment that also goes along with the autism diagnosis. The incidence of females to males becomes higher, so it's more like two males for every one female. And then um, as you go up in IQ, then you end up with something more along an estimate of 10 males for every one female. And this is based on, you know, 60 years of research that is really comes from a male perspective. So autism was originally described only in males, And all of the diagnostic instruments that have been developed have been developed on largely male samples. So when people think about their prototypical person with autism, it usually tends to be kind of a young white male. What we're learning over the past 10 years, 10, 20 years, is that really autism is not, you know, only in young white males. It occurs in all racial groups. It occurs across all socioeconomic statuses. And it may have been underdiagnosed in women because of a lack of understanding for the way that autism might be expressed slightly differently across these different groups. And my particular interest in women is, you know, also kind of intersectional in that I'm interested in the way that this expresses itself based on different cultural experiences as well. So autism can look different depending upon the different social influences that you had growing up. And when you are doing your work, is there something that sort of jumps out of you that's different about how it expresses itself in girls and women than men? A growing number of people are actually exploring what the female autism phenotype might look like. But it appears that there seems to be a little more social motivation. So uh, for whatever reason, we don't know if it's biologically based. We don't know if it's because women are subjected to different societal demands than men. Um, But the what people have found is that girls are more likely to sort of imitate their peers 
and stay closer to them on the playground, engage in more what we refer to as masking or camouflage, where they sort of either suppress their autism symptoms or engage in social behaviors that um, they see have worked in terms of helping them fit in a little bit better. But this also comes with a big emotional toll. So it's very exhausting to constantly sort of be pretending or camouflaging or masking. So that's one piece of it. And then the research that we're doing in our lab, which I'm really excited about. So I'm a language researcher. I'm really interested in the way that people communicate verbally. And there are some subtle differences that we've been finding between females with autism and males with autism um, that are consistent with the differences in language that we find between males and females without autism. So these sex differences are kind of preserved. But they really hadn't been described before in the literature. So we're finding subtle differences that when they add up, it can make it harder to identify a girl with autism or it can make it more likely that this girl might be misdiagnosed. So that's one thing that's really um, prominent in the literature is that Girls with autism tend to go through a variety of different diagnoses before they land on an autism diagnosis. So depression, anxiety, OCD, eating disorders, or they're, you know, missed entirely. They're not diagnosed with anything until they're adults. They do tend to be, girls tend to be diagnosed significantly later than boys with autism, which means that they're missing a critical window for intervention. And then when they are diagnosed, the interventions sometimes are very based on sort of male-centric things like toys and, you know, trucks and those types of interests, whereas girls with autism don't have exactly the same interests as boys with autism for whatever reason. Those kinds of things, I think, are very exciting. Another thing that we do in our lab is um, infrared eye tracking, which is an exciting technology that allows you to determine where and for how long a person is looking when they're looking at a social scene. So we showed, this is with a collaborator of mine, Claire Harrop at UNC, we showed girls with autism and boys with autism pictures of kids playing together, playing separately. And what we found is that the girls with autism looked at faces much more than the boys with autism did, and but yet less than typical girls. And what has happened in the past is that oftentimes girls with autism are compared to a mixed group of typical folks, or they're, they're lumped in with boys with autism without enough statistical power to determine whether there are actually sex differences. A big push of mine and, and my collaborators is to collect enough data on girls to actually start describing what autism looks like in girls. And if we can do that, then we can start to design interventions that are going to be maximally helpful for the way that autism is expressed in girls. Well, I've learned so much from you just from the few minutes that you were talking. How do you spread this information to parents and pediatricians across the country, really around the world? That's a great question. As you can probably tell I really love communication, but um, but the, I think the media is starting to pick up that that there's research happening out there focused on girls with autism. I think that awareness really is rising. I was just at the International Meeting for Autism Research, which is um, this wonderful collaboration with you know a thousand, two thousand, however many um, researchers with autism or who are studying autism, and there really was an awareness, a growing awareness that we need to be a lot more. Um, interested in how autism is different from person to person rather than just kind of putting people within the category of autism and then ignoring their race or their sex or their ethnic background or their, you know, cultural differences that, you know, people with autism aren't just autism. People with autism are people first, right? Um, Really, really important. And they have personalities and they have thoughts and, you know, feelings. And um, so it's, it's an exciting area 
I would love if there was more awareness because I feel like sometimes parents looking at their daughters who aren't quite fitting in and are hearing, you know, maybe varying things from their doctors. I would like autism to be a thought in in these parents' heads and in these doctors' heads that, you know, yes, she's a girl, but maybe we should have her evaluated by specialists like our folks at the Center for Autism Research who are really exceptionally good at identifying autism in girls. They're just amazing clinicians. Uh, So, yeah, that's what I would like. I would like it to come up as a thought. Um, And because I think sometimes the girls just aren't even referred by teachers or by parents or by doctors. Well, it sounds like we have a lot of work to do as scientists, but just in the general public to raise awareness about this. So I'm, I'm so happy that you're focused in this area of research. The money raised at the Eagles Autism Challenge will help scientists like Dr. Parrish Morris fuel breakthroughs for children. You can show your support for this work by joining us for the Eagles Autism Challenge on May 18th in Philadelphia. By joining or donating to the challenge, you'll help our teams make tomorrow's breakthroughs for children with autism. For more information on the Eagles Autism Challenge, please visit eaglesautismchallenge.org. I'm Madeline Bell. Thank you for listening.